Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast. At Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, New Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps. Uh, check it out, y'all. It's Thursday. It is June 1st, y'all. June 1st, okay? Think about it, guys. June 1st is summer. Summer is almost fall. June is almost September. Football starts on September, kind of like the end of August. No. The point is we are getting dangerously close to college football today, and I am, I almost said, hella excited i've never used hella in my life maybe i've been thinking about usc too much either way i mm. am very excited air murray how are you feeling dude i thought you were going to use the word horny i thought you were about to say i'm horny for some football because i am no, i would never do always always always, always horny for football um 
days. Yeah, less than 100 days. Let's go. It's June, baby. Yeah, uh, less than 100 was, days. June will run along. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Just got back from the classic city, so I'm, I'm feeling the, uh, the the juices from one of the most beautiful places in the world right now. So, yeah, What's the let's classic talk about city? some football. Classic city is, is that like Georgia. Magic City. And oh, it's called why is it called the classic city? Very, very different than the Magic City. Uh, both phenomenal places. Both, both with yep. a lot of great scenery. Uh, just, yep. just a little different. A little different, or a lot different, actually. Significantly different. Uh, that's cool. I didn't get back from the Classic City because I just spend every day here in Baton Rouge doing the same thing over and over again, just yelling into a microphone, uh, having fun. Uh, it's actually been a very fun show, uh, week of shows. Uh, Jake's been out, so I've been holding down solo. I had to redefend uh, my Nick Saban takes from yesterday, which many of you seem to be misconstruing, but we're not even going to get into that again. Um, just know this. All I'm saying is that on one hand, the idea of is this what we want college football to be is irrelevant because it is going to be what it's going to be. This is just natural, and I don't know that you're going to be able to stop it. And on the other point is just saying that, you know, lamenting that it's no longer an even playing field implies that it used to be an even playing field, which is absolutely ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Remember how ahead of the curve yeah. Nick Saban was with Shadow Staff Aaron? Remember that? Yeah. At a time when everybody else still just had like their, you know, two coordinators, their position coaches, maybe a GA or two. Nick Saban had like 80 guys on staff doing analyst work and putting together game plans in the offseason. But sure, sure, sure. It used to be an even playing field. No, you know what Nick Saban is? He's like a uh, baron of industry. He's just fucking pissed that they got to pay the labor now. Um, yeah. Anyway, whatever. I don't want to rehash it. Uh Aaron, so all good though. Are you ready to do a show today? How are we feeling? Dude? I'm, I'm feeling ready. Very I do apologize to our, our loyal listeners that that are tuned in every day at two o'clock. That I was a little bit slow on three sixteen back from the classic center city, classic city. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was, today's my anniversary. Today's my anniversary too. We got mar married at the classic center in the classic city, so that's why that was on my mind as well. So four oh, years, wow. two kids Happy later, baby. And I still have a ring on my finger. Thank goodness. Thank you. Uh, did you like think you were going to get divorced? Like, are you surprised? No. No. Okay. I mean, good on you. I guess Maybe. nobody enters thinking they're going to get divorced. But, no. I mean, you were engaged in the past, right? So I guess these things can always go awry in weird yeah, ways. I will we tell never, you this. Never, I would be. never said I do, though. That's the difference. That's... I agree. I agree. Also, I would be fucking miserable if I had to get divorced. Like if I caught my wife cheating on me, I would I would just tell her, you know what? Let's just like never talk about this again. And ideally yeah. don't do it anymore. But if you're gonna keep doing it, just don't let me find out. Okay. It's gonna or be like uh, whenever it my it's it's gonna be like whenever my son starts to masturbate, just don't get caught, dude. Okay. We all know what's going on. I don't want to hear about it. Same thing with my girls, like hooking up with guys. They're like, I, I don't need door. to hear about it. Out of sight, out of mind. Just show a little respect, yeah. okay? Um, all right, let's dive in though, because I'm feeling good air. The, the, the reason why I opened the show talking about the date and everything else is because football season's closer than we realize. And ESPN realized this is Heather Dinich and the rest of the ESPN college football team have a great article that if you're a fan of college football, uh, you should check out. It's called, it's just a giant 2023 CFB preview. It's very long. It gets into the biggest newcomers you're most excited for, the biggest transporter playoff implications. It also dives into uh, the September 
slate of games, which is great. And when I started to look at these games, Aaron, a very specific feeling was called into focus. Uh, when you were younger, do you have memories of sitting there Christmas around the corner? Maybe it's October, maybe it's November, and you get that toy catalog, right? Maybe it's from Toys yeah. R Us. It's FAO Schwartz. And you get out your black Sharpie. East and Bay. What do you do? You sit there, yeah, you sit there and you circle mm -hmm. and you go and you're yeah. looking at everything, you're circling and your mind starts to spin with the possibilities of what you're going to play, how much fun you're going to have, how you're going to play with these things. That is how I felt looking at this September mm -hmm. schedule. So let's just go ahead yeah. and dive right in because it is going to be fantastic. And at the very beginning, although there is an August 31st game that I kind of want to talk about here, I mean, Florida plays Utah August 31st. In Utah, yep. really sexy game. A lot on the line for Billy Napier. As we'll see, just two weeks later, I'll have to play Tennessee, so Florida could be staring one and two in the face mm -hmm. if they can't manage to overcome this again. Um, but, but, but we'll get there because, no doubt, when you look at the toy catalog, the first big splash page must-have item of the holiday season is September 3rd. 7.30 yep. p.m., which I believe is a Sunday, on ABC mm -hmm. Primetime TV, LSU versus Florida State, this time in Florida, in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Round two. Fight. Oh, I can't wait, Aaron. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this this game. This is this actually be one of – this may be one of the best games of the college football season. We're going to get it week one, primetime, Sunday, its own slot. So – you have the team that I think is going to win the SEC West, and you have the team I think that's going to win the entire ACC. Both teams have legitimate aspirations and and chances to making the 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 Final Four when it comes to the playoffs at the end of the year. I think I think one of them will. I think one of these teams we will see on this Sunday game, whether it's Florida State or LSU, will be one of the Final Four teams at the end of the season vying for a national championship that's the talent that's going to be on that field that's the 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 belief i have in the coaching staffs the belief i have in both quarterbacks and they've done a great job i mean they've they've really hit both teams for state and lsu really assessed their rosters this offseason you and i talked about the other day with fsu yeah. returned the most starting talent in college football from last year and we know how we fit that they, they finished the year off they win filled gaps in through the portal they got a top tight end they just got a top receiver a couple other positions here or there lsu did the same thing returned a ton of talent on both sides of the football also did a great job in the portal as well just got a big time running back as well that was the area of concern that i talked to you about after the spring game yep. for lsu was are they going to have depth at running back they went out there and filled that need what a few days ago so um both these teams top 10 top five teams in america heading into the season we get it week one i think I think as long as it's a close game, I think both teams are still alive. It just obviously, you know, from there on out, you got to win the rest of your games. And I think Florida State obviously has the easier path being in the ACC. I think it's more of a must win for LSU week one because the thought of them having to run through that gauntlet and then face Georgia and win all those games in a row, obviously a lot more difficult than what FSU would have to face. It is, you know, what's kind of crazy to think about when you think about this, like a round two, if you think back, like, this is what I love so much about this game, Aaron. It's not just the tone that it's going to set going into the season, all the implications that you just laid out, but it's think about how different the narratives are 
surrounding these two teams entering this year versus entering last year, right? Whereas last year, what was LSU's over-under win total? Like six and a half? Yeah. Maybe like a it's seven deep. and a half, people, I think it was. People were predicting that. People were predicting them to to be the worst team in the SEC West last year, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So on one hand, you have this LSU yeah. team that nobody gave a shit about. And sure, it's Brian Kelly, but could Kelly do it in Notre Dame? Could he do it in the South? Could he fit in the SEC? I mean, we'll talk Brian Harson a little bit later in the show. Very fascinating the similarities in terms of the questions being asked when Harson goes to Auburn and Kelly goes to LSU. And obviously Kelly passed flying colors, whereas Harson really didn't fit in. And never managed to ingratiate himself with the local culture. So already you had an LSU team that was picked finished, you know, anywhere from fifth to seventh in the West. You had a Florida State team that we all thought still sucked. And in fact, even after this game, I wasn't convinced that they didn't suck. And I, and, and, and you know, then they start three and three before getting hot. But like, but you had a Florida State team where Mike Norvell's in the hot seat. The offensive line's awful. Jordan Travis really isn't anything you write home about. Remember at yeah. that time. The idea was if you force Jordan Travis to have to throw the ball, we treated that man like Robbie Ashford. Sorry. We yeah. treated that man like Robbie Ashford. Like we really thought that he was just a mm -hmm. hapless thrower, and then he finishes over the final seven games with a 90-plus QBR best in the entire country. So what I love about this is last year you had two um, fighters that were insecure. Right, the two teams didn't fully know themselves yet. They didn't know how good they could be. It's wild to me that both of them would go on to win ten games. Now you have both teams entering, and they've got abs. Now they've got Peck. Their conditioning is top notch, and they believe that they will win and that they should win, and they should be the champion. And what should that give us? As exciting as last game was, it was still sloppy. It had a bit of a bad news bears sort of feel to it, as Brian Kelly even said at SEC meetings this week. But this year, it's a true heavyweight battle yep. with two teams that look in their prime that are top 10 in the country and i cannot imagine a better way to start this season yep. and 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 guess what if you're going to cut this you're going to put it on instagram i you, you know what i need you to do now i need you to play that video of that little redheaded kid who sat there after the game on the local news and said you can't spell lsu without the l because we're coming to beat your ass kid okay Revenge is a dish best served cold, and I am forget, and I don't forgive. Okay, so I can't wait. September third, hey, it's gonna be incredible. LSU, just figure out how to catch a damn punt. That's all I ask for. If you LSU can catch some punts, they may actually win the football game. Well, no, remember that game was the they they don't know how to block the punts, on field goal. Yeah, well, no, no, no but they the didn't know how to block too. on field goal. They, yeah, Neighbors they had the dropped two punts punt. and then they miss. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah but they right. also <laughs> dropped two. They dropped two punts. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, it's Yeah, look, special teams are bad, which is why Brian Polian yeah. is no longer there now. Um, all right, so that's September 3rd. Uh, and then just six days later, September 9th at noon. We got a couple good September 9th here, but at noon, right? So first day of the game, maybe you got your coffee, maybe you got a little food. You're starting to lock in, Aaron. Uh, Nebraska at Colorado, who will be the prime ruler when it's said and done? A game that should not be exciting, yet is because, well, yes, Cornhub boys, absolutely, but mm -hmm. is exciting uh, just because of the narratives. Prime moves the needle. We talked about the ticket prices. People are excited for Matt Rule. Um, so I, 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 it shouldn't be, but I'm actually really pumped for this game. Yeah. First off, you're excited about Matt Rule. I don't know. Most people listening to the show are excited about Matt Rule. That's not we true. Are tuning in. If we are tuning in to this game because of Dion, 
No one is tuning in because of Nebraska. If this was Colorado versus Nebraska minus Dion, no one would give a damn about this game. It would not be on primetime. It is on primetime because of primetime. Plain and simple. Matt Rule does not move the needle, T-Bob. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Nebraska does right now, today, Nebraska does not move the needle. Colorado You're does wrong, not Aaron. move the needle. Prime You're being a little Southern moves boy. the needle. needle. No, nothing to do with You're, Southern boy. This game You're is only going to be on the, the, the Big 12 kickoff because of Deion Sanders. Who cares? So, if you're Nebraska, if you're Nebraska, do you really care? No, because guess what? Everyone's going to tune in, and, and and this is a game that would not have been on primetime if it wasn't for Deion, and if you can take advantage and win in a big way, huge momentum for Matt Rowe in year one. Huge momentum. Look, but no I, I think you're just showing – you're you're showing you're being xenophobic, uh, regionalistic. Nope. Nope. You you are showing a fundamental misunderstanding of the brand of Nebraska football. And make no mistakes, in the hundred twenty plus years that college football has been played, it is a top ten brand in the entire country. Okay, everyone loves a comeback story, and Nebraska is ready to flourish once again. Um, Aaron, you're going to have to do a lot of work to get into the corn hub because right now uh, you're going to be left on the outside of the fields looking in, okay? Because nope. you just showed a lot of it. Now, now I am at odds with myself, though. I'm at odds with myself. And by the way, Aaron, last time this game was played, pure red in the stands when it was at Colorado. Like not a single Colorado fan showed up. To your point, I would imagine there's going to be a lot more Colorado, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if you are talking about a 50-50 split here because Nebraska fans are fucking insane and they love the Huskers, okay? And that's when you know a fan base is a real one. Do they love you even when you're shit? And this fan base loves that team through thick and thin, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Uh, the only thing that sucks <laughs> you, here is what? I'm T-Cobb. Yes, I am. Oh, what? I am. You were talking. I'm the premier. You were talking like you were born and raised in Nebraska, and you've been bleeding corn since you know pooping it out since you were you know an infant. Like no, uh, you can't fucking claim Nebraska. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I I I am the premier Nebraska uh, football voice of the South. Yeah. True or false? Find one okay. other Southern person. I don't think Brandon Walker talks about Nebraska. I don't think Josh Pate makes sure to throw you a Cornhub kernel every single day. No. You know why? Because fuck you, fuck Brandon Walker, and fuck Josh Pate. Nebraska, <laughs> we don't want you. We don't need you up here in the cornfields, okay? We got okay. grit. We got determination. We got economic buy-in. We got Warren Buffett. We don't have any debt on our buildings on campus. We know what mm. we're doing. The only thing that I am worried about is that... I did put over $100 on Colorado plus four and a half, you know, over four and a half wins. Uh, and if they don't win this game, I don't think they're going to be able to get to five wins. So uh, that's fine, though. I would rather lose the bet and have Nebraska win than win money. That's how real I am when it comes to the corn hub. Okay? What's, what's my what's my line right now for Carson Beck for the Heisman? You put that bet in yet? Mm, you know, DraftKings weird. Fandle, it's it's weird. I tried and it like tangled difficult. Three sixteen, bad reception. You know how it goes, dude. What are you gonna do, dude? Hey, how about you live in a state where gambling's legal? Okay, how about yeah, we love that? I would love that, Georgia. Come on, come on, Georgia. Um, <laughs> Greg Lamont says no fucking way. Colorado wins five games. Okay, you're, <laughs> you're probably you're probably right. On What's that the over one. under uh, Nebraska? What's what's Nebraska at right now, T Bob? What's you're more right. realistic? You're right. Colorado That's what I need to do. I need to chase. 
I need to chase my losses and go ahead and put even more money on the Nebraska. Yes. Over. That's a great idea, Aaron. I'm going to look that up. I know. I know. Um, okay, so we probably spent too much time on the game. That's obviously my fault. But, uh, well, actually, let's play this game. Emil says, to Aaron's point, name one current Nebraska football player right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, they the the quarterback um, from Georgia got, Tech, yeah, Jeff Sims. There you go. Yes, did yes. Casey Thompson right. for the on Nebraska? No, no, he left. Casey, Remember Casey right. Thompson? He's at yeah. Florida International, FIU or FAU? One of two. Yeah, he went. Right? No, FAU. He went back with Tom Herman. Yep. No, Casey Thompson, sneaky nice contender on the man cave. Uh, list that yep. we cheered JD Daniels for last year because he started a legit season at Texas and a legit season at Nebraska, two of the top 10 brands of all time. Yep. Like, shout out. Um, great uniform. So that'll be at noon. But then here's the big boy September 9th, mm -hmm. 7 p.m. ESPN night game, Texas at Alabama. Ooh, Aaron, how we feeling? What about North Carolina, South Carolina week one, too? Don't, don't sleep on the battle for the Carolinas, by the way. Uh, okay, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. To be clear, I did not put together this list. There is, there is okay. like a toy catalog, there's a lot of toys in here that I like. I just went with what ESPN highlighted in the article. I've not done that. Gotcha. I've not, because okay. I don't know where I would draw the line. Because again, yeah, yeah. I, the only one, I did, I did add Nebraska, Colorado in there on my own. Um, but I could I could have just kept going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, that, that is that, especially after we talk about the LSU FSU game being, uh, I would say, as exciting as Texas and Alabama last year, not as um, quality of football as Texas Alabama. That LSU FSU game was, was, was a, a train wreck that you just couldn't keep your eyes away. That's, that, is, that is a game in which I love, the reason why I love, college football more than the NFL because it was so bad. It was so yeah. good. Like you will yeah. never see an NFL game as sloppy as that FSU LSU game last year, no. but it was, it was magnificent. Insane. It was, a, it was, it was beautiful. It was a Picasso. Um, it will be better this year and it will be just as entertaining. I'll tell you that. How cool. Sloppy Picasso. Yeah, I know. Thank you. But, but Texas, Alabama was, quality football at its finest there was plays on both sides there was defensive plays there was big time plays on offense there was a quarterback leading a two-minute drive to absolute perfection in Bryce Young like it was one of those games that you will remember if you're a Texas fan and an Alabama fan now you get the running back but in Tuscaloosa with an Alabama team that is somewhat trying to figure out who the hell they are which is crazy 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 to say and a Texas team that is in a a must-win type situation this entire season. So I love this game. I I, I I think Alabama wins because it's in Tuscaloosa. I think Texas may be the better football team this year, but I just don't mm. see them going to Tuscaloosa and win the game. I think so, if, it, if it was reversed and they played in Tuscaloosa last year, it would have been the same outcome. Alabama would have won. If the game was in Austin this year, I think Texas would have would have won the football game. It's kind of crazy because you know me, I am Texas hater number one mm -hmm. on this program. And I will remain so one. until, uh, okay, look, I can't help it that I'm the only honest voice of, you know, just a field full of liars, right? I'm basically the one-eyed man who is king of the blind people. Uh, but think about this, dude. So I'm a, I'm a Texas hater. I do not believe in Sark. 
And although on paper, I should be the wrong one and you should all be correct when you crown Texas, I'm going to make them prove it to me. What is interesting to think about is just how close Texas was to doing that last year. Like, allow yourself the hypothetical of what if Texas wins, won this game last season? How much different does that season look? All of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. Texas is back. I would venture to yeah. say they probably go even better than just uh, what what they finished, eight and four last year, I believe, right? When it's all said none, or where the bowl game right. was at eight yeah. and five. Um, the point is, they won, they I, won I think it goes four. beyond. Uh, they went nine and four. Okay, I think it goes beyond oh, just no, going no, no, to no, ten no. and three. Eight like, five. My that's what I thought. Okay, so I think yeah. it goes beyond going nine and four if they win that game. I think it probably even pushes to ten wins because the confidence yep. that you gain, right? Like it would have been massive for them, and yet they end up falling just short. Quinn Ewers never fulfills the potential that he flashed, and Texas finishes a pathetic eight and five. The thing is, though, those are the margins. And every single year of Steve Sarkeesian's career, he's had a game like that Mm -hmm. where he just can't get over the hump. And the great ones figure out ways to get over that hump, and he's not a great one. And that is also representative of why I love college football so much and all sports in general, right? Things, narratives, lives, legacies can balance on a knife's edge. And... Uh, you know, the difference between being great or being terrible can literally be one or two plays or the heroics of Bryce Young, just like it was last year. That said, Texas should win this game, right? I don't care that it's in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Texas has all the returning coordinators, all the returning coaches, the returning quarterback. Alabama has none of it. Like, Sark, you got to win a game eventually. They're not supposed to win. Instead of just losing games, you're supposed to win. I I'm with you. They should win the game. They they have the better. I say they have the better roster, but Alabama has a bunch of four and five star guys. We just don't know who they are. Like that's the problem. Like there are a bunch of guys that I guarantee you they'll be household names by week five, week six of the season because they're going to go out there and just completely be savages because of you know what the who they are and who they're coached by, and that's Nick Saban. But we just don't know. Like Alabama to me is is probably the biggest mystery of the season. They could either be an Alabama team that that wins a national championship, or they could be a team that is nine and three and in an Alabama standards well below average. I just I it's hard to tell because like I said, like you look at the roster and you look at what Nick Saban has built, and you know it's gonna be a bunch of really, really hungry dogs that are very, very talented that just yeah. have not had the opportunity to get on the playing field. So to me, that means a very good football team. But experience is king. Playing in football games and playing in in big-time football games is the ultimate teacher. And when you play in a game versus Texas, which is going to be hyped up, we're already hyping it up now, it's going to be hyped up for the entire August leading up into the season. As a player, are you ready to go out there and play in that type of atmosphere? I would say yes, and that's why I think Alabama, while Texas may have the more experienced team, Alabama is probably from a talent standpoint, still more talented than Texas. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates 
to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. But not that much, Texas though. But not well. that much, though. Not that not much. That no, no, much, no, 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 no. I agree. Dude. I mean, I agree. I would say it's much. a wash. I'm saying it's even mm. because mm. of the returners that Texas has versus who Alabama is going to be having to do. It's 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 going to be pretty even, dude. It this is, is on again, yours. Remember, this we, is yours. No, game. but we we yours. Hey, wait, ball. I want I want you to talk about yours in a second. But remember, just a little while ago, we looked at this and Texas has essentially the same number of four and five stars. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I'm so hard on Steve Sarkeesian. There's no bigger underachiever in college football. You say it's all on yours. You've been quarterback in massive situations. What does yours need to do to not shit the bed here? He needs to play like he did in the first half last last year versus, versus, versus Alabama. Let it rip. Let it rip. When you go back and watch yours in that game versus Alabama, he was just playing with a sense of freedom, a underdog mentality of I don't yeah. give a fuck. Like I'm just going to let it go. And if I make a mistake, then listen, I'm a, I'm a freshman playing Alabama. And what got Ewers in trouble later on is now all of a sudden he started to play like that. The bar was raised. He was looking for perfection and his feet and eyes were slow. 
and he was a little bit hesitant. He wanted to see the pitcher be completely open instead of just saying, yeah. okay, this is the coverage. This is the play. I'm going to hit my back foot and I'm going to throw it because I know that this should be open. And it worked yeah. and it was great. All of a sudden later in the season after injury, it looked to me, because I've been in this situation before, where he was waiting for the receiver open. He needed confirmation before he threw it. And at that you point, you can feel it against TCU. You can't especially. do it. You can't yeah, do it. He was he was he was playing conservative, similar to what I, I remember when I talked about Arch Manning a month ago. Arch was playing not to mess up, and I felt yeah. like yours yeah. at time last year was playing not to screw up instead huh. of playing free like you did versus Alabama. What's the common denominator there? Their quarterback coach Steve Sarkeesian. Um, one underrated part in all of this, Aaron. At a time when we saw Curry Smart create motivation out of thin air, you know, y'all thought we were going to go seven and five. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Saban doesn't have to go far to find bulletin board material. Like, he can literally turn on any college football show and hear them talking about how they should be bad this year and LSU should win the West and all this shit. So, like, I'm starting to get a little scared of Uncle Nick with the ability to legitimately tell his team that people think he, they're going to suck. Like you, Aaron Murray are, have, have given maybe more ammo than anyone to Nick Saban. So we gonna see. Yeah. And if he does yeah, beat Texas this early on and they like handle Texas, that will be a fucking statement, right? It, it'll bury Sark, but it'll also be a statement. It'll also be hilarious. Cause like Texas, you're not ready for the sec, but that will be a big time. It will be a big time statement. You can't shake your head be. at that dude. No, it will be because I look at uh, okay. I look at I look at Alabama's schedule. MTSU win that game. You beat Texas. Then you had South Florida on the road, which is still one of the most random games that I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Ole Miss at Mississippi State at A and M, Arkansas, Tennessee. Like it, it is not a very difficult schedule after Texas at all. Wait, they're at Alabama South is more talented until that game versus LSU on November fourth. It is, I mean, the only game I guess you could circle is AM because AM has given them some troubles the past two years. You had beat them two years ago, you know, was, you know, what, within five yards of, of winning a game last year versus them. You know, if for mm -hmm. some reason Jimbo has, you know, kind of found his number and the game is in, you know, there at, at, at AM at Aggie Field. So um, other than that, it's not a crazy hard schedule. Like if Alabama does get through Texas, confidence through the roof. And if you do beat Texas, most likely it's because your quarterback played pretty well. You found a quarterback. And then it's like, can we just keep this momentum leading up to the game versus LSU? Um, all right. So that'll be Alabama, Texas. It's going to be week two of college football. Let's go, dude. And then you move to week three, and you got three games we're going to highlight here. Uh, first, Tennessee at Florida. Major prove a game for Josh Heupel. Major prove a game for Billy Napier. Who does it mean more to? I think Florida is going to, if Florida loses to Utah, it's going to mean more to them because they're going to need to win it if they don't want to go True. one or two to start the year. So I think it, for them, it, it's, it's, it's pressure in that sense because I don't think they go to Utah and win that game. So, you know, for, for, for that coaching staff, that's not a good look to start the year off one and two. But I do think that there is some pressure on Heupel, obviously, to continue the trend of being, you know, one of the better teams in the SEC. Um, so I think it all depends on what happens versus Utah. If Florida beats Utah in week one, I say more pressure on Tennessee because if Florida drops Fair. that one, it's okay. You're still two and one. 
if Florida loses to Utah, boy, oh boy, you know how I feel about, you know, Florida right now. You lose that game and then you lose to Tennessee, you know, you're talking about a team that's going to be fighting and clawing to make a bowl game, and I don't see it happening. Like they, Florida must win one of those two games yeah. to start the season or they will not go bowling. So what's fascinating about all of this, Aaron, is it's 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 shocking in how quickly we've arrived here. Last year was only the second time in 18 years that Tennessee beat Florida. Like the second yeah. time in 18 years, yeah. and now we've already feel that Tennessee is just without a doubt better. Right. It, it and 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 Chris Lowe in this part of the article has a very good shrewd sharp question that he poses where he says if josh heupel could do it in year two why can't billy napier and unfortunately that's fair i mean you got the resources you got the support for the you administration the you have you, you have the quarterback no, no i know i know i know i know i but but i mean josh heupel still made that quarterback right like he, he still brought that quarterback along like like it's 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 a very fair question from low. Like as much as people are going to hand wave way make excuses for Billy Napier, nobody made excuses for Josh Heupel, and he went out there and made them awesome in year two. So can Billy Napier do the same? Probably not. Again, second time in eighteen years Tennessee wins, and yet now we feel like for sure they're going to win this game. Crazy shit. So uh, and by the way, these games from here on out are kind of times TBD. So we don't know the time of that game yet. Uh, also that weekend, we're going to get another edition of the backyard brawl, a game that should be played every single year. It helped to kick off the season yeah. on a Thursday last year. It was simply fantastic pit at West Virginia and, uh, make no mistake. This is going to be a fucking crazy atmosphere in Morgantown, oh right? The couches are going to be pre-dosed in gasoline, pre-doused, ready to blow up, uh, but there may not be a coach more on the hot seat in the entire country than Neil Brown. And you know what sucks when you're about to lose your job? When in one of the first games of the season, you're going to have to play the team that your fan base probably hates more than any other, and you're probably going to lose. So there's yeah. a very good chance that Neil Brown could be staring the executioner directly in the face after this game because Pat Narduzzi's uh, program like is in a way better spot than WVU. Yes. Oh, he's about to get his head chopped after this football game. If you, if you missed the show with T-Bob and I, we went through, what was it, about a week or two ago. Make sure you go check it out of the uh, top coaches on the hot seat right now. And as you said, he is number one uh, on that hot seat. I, I This will be, I, I want to say the beginning of the end, but the beginning of the end is, I think, happened last year. I don't know when the yes. end is. Yeah, the, yeah. End the end is here. It is like just, I mean, he's, on the side of the mountain, kind of swaying back and forth, and just all you need is a little bit of wind in the right direction, and he's going overboard. He's, I think that he's, wind he's is going to happen this game. He's only alive because you didn't have the funding to pay for lethal injection. Yeah. Like, like literally just because they signed such an awful contract in terms of the buyout, and WVU is so cash-strapped they couldn't fire him. They had to fire yeah. the AD that hired him instead. Uh, but yeah, he is the epitome of a college football zombie, a literal dead man walking. Um, hey, so that'll um, be the backyard. I do want to go to yeah. real quick. I do want to go comment real quick. Someone just said, did Aaron just say in the chat, uh, who was it? It was Bob, Bob Rutherford. Rutherford is, uh, is, is Alabama schedule easy after 
Texas. Like it's not easy. South South Florida, Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, who has a new coaching staff. At a and heard I heard Arkansas. Arnett's been a little out of his league at these SEC Please, meetings. please, please tell me a game that, that, that Alabama is not going to be a double-digit favorite in what, which one of those games. True. Until, I guess you'd say maybe Tennessee. but They won't be a double-digit South favorite. Florida, Ole Miss. Eh, yeah, maybe not. Probably not. But Ole Miss, Florida, South Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Arkansas, they will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I – not one of those teams uh, will be ranked preseason. So, yes, their schedule is not that difficult after Texas. South Florida will not be ranked. Ole Miss, I don't believe, will be ranked. Mississippi State, A&M, uh, and Arkansas will not be ranked preseason. Uh, all right, and then our final September 16th game, South Kakalaka at Georgia. Um, I feel like this is ESPN throwing the dog a bone. I don't know that this is terribly exciting, but I feel like ESPN that we may have to talk about this game simply because this is going to be the only chance to see Georgia against a team with a pulse or one of the few opportunities to see Georgia against a team with a pulse. So sure, you're going to want to see like Carson Beck or how he does and Beamer's team remains interesting because a team on the rise and they finished with two top 10 wins last year. But like this is going to end up being like 45 to seven. Or some bullshit yeah. like that. Like I, I don't think this is going to be exciting. No, 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 no. I mean, you have a fresh Georgia team that hasn't been challenged, that is hungry to actually play someone at home. Going to be lively. The fan base is going to be nuts. It's going to be loud as hell in, in, in Sanford. They're going to steamboat South Carolina. Like Georgia yeah. only has to get up for so many games next year, and this is one of them. So you know they're going to get up for it. One of my favorite things about working with you, Aaron, is uh, what's it? Called? I think it's called like an idiom when you use like a phrase or something. And have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys, the Canadian show no. with Ricky, Julian, and uh, Bubbles? Okay, so Ricky always uses the idioms, but it's always like a little off, right? So you meant to say you're they're going to steamroll them, right? Like with a steamroll, like flatten them out. Instead, you said steamboat them. They're going to steamboat. Yeah, they're going to take about like, a nice cruise up the Mississippi. No, there's there's gonna, a great Archer churn. episode where uh, they can't translate idioms when he's on the desert <laughs> island. And he, he just like, realizes how much idioms are part you of know, the culture. You know, steamboat's more in my vocabulary, in my, in my world, than, than, you know. Yeah. Like, no, that's motorboat. That a, Never mind. Sorry. Did, I, was tell you, I feel like, once <laughs> again, you're going for a sexual thing. I think you combined <laughs> Cleveland steamer and, and, and motorboat there. Um, either way, we knew what you were talking about. I said, thank you. I appreciate it. It'd be very funny, dude. Uh, I see at least eight games. Florida uh, will likely be dog says Craig. Yeah, man. It's tough, dude. Yeah. Um, breaking parallel says Georgia can't help. They are so good. T-Bob ask LSU. Look, I know I'm the one that told LSU fans not to go to the game last year. Cause I'm not an idiot. Um, Kirby may we'll put see. up 60 on Beamer just for fun. Says T-Dog. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dart Janus is saying the idiom is like go break a leg. Uh, steam roll is a colloquial metaphor, is it? I don't know. I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, that is correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. So sometimes Aaron's use of colloquial metaphors can be uh, a bit, uh, a bit Off. funny. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe you just thought they were going to get churned up in that like giant paddle on those old steamboats that you see in New Orleans. <laughs> 
Um, and then okay, so that's September 16th. Then we get to the 23rd, and this is another big boy right here, dude. Ohio State. Where's uh where's our resident Ohio State event? Ohio State at Notre Dame. A lot of different ways that you can approach this one. Uh, first off, massive opportunity for Marcus Freeman at home to mm-hmm. make a statement and really convince people that he's the right man to lead the Irish out of the Brian Kelly era, which I don't know that they're 100% convinced on. He does a lot of things very, very well, right? But but year one was a bit up and down. Um, I also think it's interesting that last year, this was the win that kind of put Ohio State in the playoffs. When you look yep. at them losing to Michigan, they could hang their hat on this as being their most other quality win. Um, from a narrative standpoint, it's the first time the Buckeyes be in South Bend since 1966. But my question to you, Aaron, as someone who, again, knows quarterback play better than anybody who prognosticates about college football out there, uh, who will be the better quarterback, Sam Hartman or Kyle McCord and Devin Brown? And it may feel obvious, but like we know what Ryan Day does with quarterbacks, and it's plug a guy in and have him throw 40 touchdowns. We don't exactly know how Sam Hartman's going to translate in Notre Dame. No, uh, I think I think Sam I think Sam is is a good enough player that he can translate to Notre Dame. I mean, will it be as easy as an offense as he's used to being a part of? No, I mean that Wake Forest offense. I mean, I think I could go out there right now today, out of shape and not throwing a football for a year and have success in the offense. It is. It wait, is wait, 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 hold on. That's interesting. You think you could just go? You think you just go run the slow yes. mesh? It feels so weird. Like the techniques. Like I, I don't feel like anything even I, resembles the slow mesh. Yeah, but your boy is smooth like that. I think I could figure it out pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is how you get um, to be QB one. You have to have a rational confidence in yourself. Yeah, it's also I, how you. Uh, it's also how you bet as many women as Aaron did back in college. So congratulations <laughs> on both counts. I appreciate that. I think I think Sam will be just just fine in this. And 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 the one thing I know too, you talk about offense defense. I mean, let's not forget Notre Dame's defense versus Ohio State in that game uh, a year ago was phenomenal. Um, yeah, they were. You know, they did. So so let's not forget about that. So you're talking about Marcus Freeman, one of the best minds in all of college football when it comes to the defense side of the football. I like what he can do against. That offense um, does no, does Ohio State have better skill position players than the Notre Dame? Yeah, they do. I do think Sam Hartman's going to be the better quarterback on the football field in that game. Then it just comes down to can Notre Dame's defense replicate what it did a year ago? I would bet yes. I think this is going to be another low scoring, really slug them out football game. I don't think this is going to be a game that's going to be high thirties, forties. I think this is going to be a game that could be which team gets the thirty first could possibly be the winner. So. I think Notre Dame has a chance to to keep it close, and if you can keep it close, and you got a quarterback like Sam Hartman in the fourth quarter, that gives Notre Dame a fighting chance to win this game, especially at home. Yeah, like Ohio State's roster is clearly better, but Ohio State or but Notre Dame's roster is good. Notre Dame's got way more experience at the most important position, and they're at home. You're right. So there's elements here where Notre Dame this would be a massive, massive statement uh, for Marty. And, bruh, you want to talk about making, you know, it's already a little weird around Ryan Day where it's like objectively you can't really be upset with it because he's been incredible. But mm, people don't like losing Michigan. They don't like losing the Big Ten. They don't like barely losing the playoffs Georgia. Like, you go lose to Notre Dame, people are going to talk, you know, step backs and maybe Ryan Day's not the guy, can't win the big game. Like, all of this, which is kind of unfair, will be levied against him. 
Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So Gulf South says, boys, we gotta go. Um, what? Gotta go. We gotta go. Gotta go. Oh, okay. Like a meet. I thought we had just two. Okay. So we gotta go. Um, Hey, so Gulf South's comment the hero is the perfect way to end the show. He says, uh, I was talking about, you know, you should sub to the pod or whatever. You can just Google snaps podcast is it's better than subbing to the volumes channel because I get a bunch of notification videos that I don't care about. Well, how about this folks on Ooh. Monday? We are going to be live on the new Snaps YouTube channel, all snaps and only snaps all the time. Okay, we got a bunch of shorts coming up. We got a bunch of fun plans for later on. I want to be streaming NCAA on it when it comes out next summer. Uh, throughout the football season, it's going to be weird. It's just we're going to have our own home with just snaps and just college football all the time. So mm. please, 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 we'll push mm. it out over the weekend and uh, just help us. You know, if you love the show. Help us get involved. Uh, yes, it'll be the only place where you could find Corn Hub as well. Um, so it's going to be great. Knee porn. Yes, it's all going to be there. For you. What? Uh, that, that, everybody, <laughs> I stand up on my radio show and I always hike my knee up. And so my knees uh, become a big uh, meme here locally. Nice. I know. Uh, okay. Well, we love you. Thank you for having a little fun, doing a little Christmas shopping with us, looking at toys and whatnot. I cannot wait. I know golf. It is almost like I paid you to make that comment. Perfect timing. Huge. Thank you to the volume. We are still part of the volume. We still love the volume. Um, this, none of this exists without uncle Colin, the volume betting on us. So thank you so much. Uh, huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, Paul Farrington, Pat Gunner, Danny Cardenas, Adam Gracia. Huge thank you to Anna Murray. Most of all, major thank you to all you in the chat. Spread the word. Tell your friends this Monday, a uh, new Snaps channel. And we'll see you then. Have a great weekend, y'all. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.